Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're, you're, you're listening to TPV Virtual Radio. It's live, it's live right, right now, now on the Psalmist Voice, on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio this is Corey Warren of WFNC 105.7 FM and 7.30 AM, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. It's the two-time Stellar Award considered, Spin Award nominated. You're listening to The Voice, to The Voice, the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Mondays, conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m., Tuesdays, Victory Over the Waste of Life with author Jeanne Lebrine at 6 p.m. Wednesdays, Illuminating Word Ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach at 6 p.m. Fridays, the exclusive interview with your truly the Psalmist voice by appointment only. Saturdays, is Saturdays for Fed with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m. Followed by the locker room with Coach D at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. with the Familia. Catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. Also, Live 365, tune in and all of our podcasts, social media platforms. Walk with us in relationship, purpose, and promise. And let's go! You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go! Hey, what's good, family? This is Joe Kia, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go! You're listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. Over the Weights of War. With Sis Diane LeBrin. Right now on TPV Radio.
victory over the weights of life with author and speaker Deanne Lipring. Good evening, everybody. Welcome, and how are you? We have another amazing show for you today. But it looks like the devil is already rearing his ugly head. So uh, I want to welcome you. We're going to have a song selection, like they say in the church, like mother said, we're going to have an A and B. (laughs) And then we're going to come back with our guests. We're having a little technical difficulty. So Pastor Chris, if you can give us a little something, something, so we can get that technical issue taken care of, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you got in. <laughs> yeah, I am here. <laughs> you here? <laughs> oh, because I was like, okay, we're having some technical issues. He's not. He's not getting in. He's not getting through. And I was just asking Pastor Chris to just uh, give us a little something on the one and twos, you know, to keep us going. But you are here, so thank God. Yes, yes, I am here. <laughs> yes, all right, all right. All right, so we have our guests, everybody. Uh, before we go any further, I want to say thank you to everybody who who are, who's listening right now. My voice is a little raspy uh, today, uh, Sunday service. I have, to, I have to put a little sum-sum on the devil. So, you know, when you go to work, when you go into battle, you may come out with a few scars, a few bumps and bruises, but you're coming out a champion. So I came out victorious. But, you know, I exerted a little strength, so my voice is a little gone today, but to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Uh, this is Tuesday. Praise God. This is our last Tuesday in the month of October. As you guys know, the month of October, we are recognizing domestic violence for the entire month of October. Not just to say that domestic violence only occurs in October, but that is the month that have been chosen where we have the opportunity to shed as much light on domestic violence as ever. So one of the things I always wanted was to have a brother to be able to come and to tell us his story of how he endured domestic violence. And praise God, God bless you that we have one here today. Amen. Because many people just seem to think domestic violence just is from men to women and not realizing women are also very, very vindictive and manipulative and women can be very, very tyrannical as well. So before we go any further, let us invite the Holy Spirit here. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise and we give you the glory that is due unto your name. We thank you for all what you've done. We thank you for all what you're doing. We thank you for the victory, mighty God, that you have given to us. We thank you that we are here today, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Mighty God, we pray in Jesus' name. We move every hindrance, mighty God, any and all types of interference, whatever plans and whatever plot the enemy is going to try to do, oh God, to come against this program. Mighty God, we bind the hands of the enemy right now. We come against every type of witchcraft, sorcery, 
anything, oh God, that they're going to do, God, to try to stop us. Uh, the blood of Jesus, we call the fire down from heaven like Elijah calls the fire down from heaven. And we call fire down from heaven today to destroy the plans and the plot of the devil. Mighty God, we want to thank you for this platform. We want to thank you for Pastor Christopher and Sister Shanice. Lord, we thank you. God, we ask that you bless them. Lord, we ask that you watch over them, keep them every show, God, that comes of the TPB Radio Network. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, may it all be to glorify you. May it all be to uplift and to do what you said, to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. Mighty God, we know that your son is coming back soon, and he's coming back for a church that is without spots and wrinkles. So we take this time right now, God, as we repent and we ask for forgiveness of sin, and we ask that you cleanse us by the power of the blood of Jesus. Strengthen our speaker. Give him boldness, God. Give him encouragement, God. And we pray that even as men and women hear his testimony, mighty God, you and you alone will get the glory out of his life. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Again, I want to thank you for being here. Wherever part of the world that you are listening, I want to say good morning, good evening, good night to you. You're listening to us in any part of Africa, the Caribbean, Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, the U.S., the U.S. of VI, Canada, the U.K., over there in Russia, Ukraine, wherever you are listening to us right now, we want to say thank you. And don't forget, you can always, if you're listening on, on a on, on Facebook, you can always ask questions. If you're listening to us via streaming, whatever area you're listening, you can always go ahead and, and ask a question. You can remain anonymous because we want to make sure our people are safe. Amen. You are listening to Victory Over the Weights of Life. I am yours truly, author and speaker, Diane Lubre. Like I said, my voice is a little battered. But it's all good. Satan got a black eye, and I think he got a crack rib, because I wasn't coming up until I got blood. <laughs> so praise God. Amen. So tonight, we have a guest, a guest speaker, praise God. Like I said, many, many men are victims of domestic abuse, but many of them do not speak about it, because a man is supposed to be strong. A man is supposed to be the head of the household. A man is the priest and the prophet of the house. And for a man to say, you know what, my wife or even my woman, because let's, let's be quite honest, not every man living in a house with a woman, every woman living in a house with a man means they are married. There are a lot of people shacking up. Amen. That's another, that's another word for another day. But the never, nevertheless, Amen. Just as there are men who are beating on women, just as there are men who are manipulating women, just like there are men who are tearing down the self-esteem of women, women are doing the same thing to our sons, to our brothers, to our uncles. They are doing the same thing, and we do not like it one bit, and that's why we are talking about it. So I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to stand on your right foot, on your right big toe, and I want you to put your hands together <laughs> for an awesome man of God that's going to tell you his story and hopefully 
you can get a deliverance from what he's going to tell you and how the Lord delivered him. So come on, get on your feet, get on that right foot, get on that big toe. Come on and put it, your hands together. Give it up, 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 give it up. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to have our guest speaker introduce himself. I don't know if you want to use his name or an alias, but man of God, you have the floor. Go right ahead. I want to say thank you so much for being here. So please, the floor is yours. Well, first thing I want to say, I don't mind using my name at all because in fact, two two minutes time, things have been swept under the rug. And I'm the type of person at this particular point in time where we are at in, in time period. It's enough of sweeping mm-hmm. stuff under the rug. Amen. And, uh, it, it's enough of me being embarrassed to say that I have been abused. Right. Uh, my name is Michael Jackson. I'm a wife who's been on her previously. She has an organization called Dangerous Flowers. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, has actually been built to help take care of families who are transitioning from uh, children, women, as well as men, uh, who are transitioning from homes that have been, they have received domestic violence in. Now, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm gonna, before I get into my story, I'm just going to lay some foundational work real quick. So, Go ahead. Understand, and, and I know y'all know this by now because y'all been having a show every Tuesday, so it should be. Some, we, we should understand that domestic violence is not always about putting hands on someone. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not always, but it covers everything from economics. It covers everything from, uh, we go through, let's say, economics, verbal, emotional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. physical, financial. These are all aspects yes, sir. of domestic violence. And we might say, well, you know, because the way domestic violence has been portrayed throughout uh, society and the media, it's always a man uh, beating a woman. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a man because in society, men are supposed to be macho. They are supposed Absolutely. to be strong. They are supposed mm-hmm. to be, quote, unquote, masculine. And a man is never to sit up here and say this. He was beaten by a woman. Right. We'll make up lies. We'll say uh, we got jumped. You know what I'm saying? But everybody, everybody <laughs> knows. Uh, right. Tragedy, unless you were getting jumped by a bunch of women, then right, you okay. got jumped by a bunch of dudes, ain't nobody finna Right. Right. You know, so when you see scratches and bruises and bite marks and such things as this, we know that what you're getting abused by your significant mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on. Right. But it's an unwritten code among men to where we don't want to tear your ego down so we don't sit up here and address the issue. Right. Because we want you to still feel manly. So we'll That's let right. you live in your life but your truth is mm-hmm. you are literally being abused. Yeah. I understand from the concepts that we have within today's society and as society has gone on, it is a male-dominated society. Yeah. And men are supposed to always have control. This is what we've always been taught. You have to be in control. Right. One of the, one of the things about being uh, assaulted 
by a woman, whether it's verbally, physically, mm-hmm. financially, mm-hmm. whatever it is, we don't want to sit up here and say because we've been taught that if you admit to it, you're less than a man. Right, right. Then let me tell you something. Oh, no. You're not less than a man when you right. say, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired right. of being abused. Right. A lot of So let me go ahead and get off into my story. Because I literally have been dealing, I literally was dealing with domestic violence ever since I was a child. Wow. So you grew up in the house with it? Did not realize. Wow. My grandmother was verbally abusive. And my excuse for her, because let me say this. Let me say this. Mm It's not an excuse. But um, there's no excuse for anyone being verbally abusive, emotionally abusive. Not that one at all. Anyone being financially abusive. There's no excuse. Right. But the one thing I want everyone to understand, and I look at, I, I, I'm going to play, as they say, quote unquote, devil's advocate on this, mm-hmm. is that person did not reach that point of being abusive all by themselves. Mm-hmm. They didn't wake up one day That's and right. be abusive. That's right. Okay? So that means that there is a story behind every single person. Yeah. What, what, what brought me to that point was my grandmother was raised by her father during the Depression era. My God. Her mother died when she was four years old. She ended up getting a verbally abusive stepmother by the time she was 14. She had to raise her little sister who who, 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 now her sister my Aunt Mary was the youngest course mm-hmm. but she was the one she her the mother got her their mother got sick shortly after she had my aunt mary my great aunt mary so now you have a little girl that's four years old having to raise her little sister wow make sure her father has coffee in the morning make sure his biscuits are fixed at four, now, at four years old at four years old my during God. the depression era she has no childhood. Right. So she does not get to learn how to be a child. She does not learn learn how to love properly because right. she's learning to love in an environment that's male-dominated because of her father. Right. And then when she gets her stepmother, it goes even further. It ingrains her even further. Now, let, me, let me explain this part because I want us to understand a lot of times the reason the abuser ends up becoming abusive is because mm-hmm. they have been abused mm-hmm. and they look at that as though it's a strength. They right. literally take it on without knowing that they're taking it on. Yeah. It's just passed on. Uh, right. So many times what happens is is they they don't know that in their head this is how things are supposed to go because this is how things have went in their life. My grandmother was hard on me. And mm-hmm. she thought she was doing the best thing because when I would make mistakes, she would yell, scream. You know, we we do this common. Mm-hmm. One of the mm-hmm. things was my my father was in, my father was incarcerated. He wasn't part of our life at that time. So now I had to hear my grandmother tell me every time, "You're going to be just like your dad." Oh my gosh! 
Then I my had God. to hear her. I had to hear her berate my mother. Jeez. And I had to understand kids don't talk back. Right. And I have to grin and smile. So what happened to me was I ended up developing what is called manic depression or either bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. It is caused by a traumatic, if a traumatic situation happens in your life, it can cause a chemical imbalance, which now mm-hmm. affects your emotions. Yeah. So, I was probably about 14, and I started having blackout episodes. Oh, blackout wow. episodes would actually result in me committing violent acts. Jesus. I knew I needed some help because the last thing I wanted to do was be standing over somebody's body and not be able to explain why. Hmm. Hmm. So, I went to my mother. I told her what was going on. It was an incident happened in school. Uh, I just couldn't deal with my grandmother anymore. I couldn't do it. And I almost, and I, I almost, <laughs> I almost took my grandmother out of there. Wow. And I called my sister and I said, hey, come get me. Wow. Because I just caught myself with a butcher knife in my hand going to grandma. To oh, grandma. my God. And I told her what happened. She came and got me. I started staying over there with her for a little bit while we was getting things situated. I got checked in the psychiatric institute for work. Uh, now, let me let everybody know, we were a church-going family. So Come on. don't Come on think in. she didn't have Christ in her life. Don't think she didn't have mm-hmm. Jehovah God in her life. She had all that. But still, she had issues that required her to see a counselor that probably would have helped her. But because, right. and let me speak candidly, because I'm a melanated person, so I can only speak for my particular part of the world. Right, um, right. So... We don't go see counselors. No, for we a long church. time we didn't do that because yeah. we did not want to seem as though we were crazy. Right. So for the sake of not being called crazy, what we did was we instituted certain rules, and those rules were because you didn't want the white people in your business at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, those rules were whatever goes on in this house stays in this. It house. stays in the house. That's right. The rules were if you was a child, you don't talk back. That's right. The rules were you keep these white people out of our business. At all times. So now you have to sit and suffer in silence. But what it mm-hmm. does is it can create two patterns. Now, I could have became the abusive person. Mm-hmm. But what happened was I did not become the abusive person. I became the person that was trying to please everybody because I didn't want you mad at wow. So, so you you, you went from one yeah. on my face. Huh? Right. You 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 learned to become like that perfect person for everybody to like you. Absolutely. Wow. So um I developed a way of coping and there was stuff in my feelings and that's what caused me to have the chemical imbalance. Even after getting help with that, but of course, you know, in, in this perfect, with this unperfect world that we lived in, in a perfect world, 
I would have gotten help and would have got cured. And they mm-hmm. couldn't help me until I got cured. But in mm-hmm. this imperfect world that we live in, when the insurance money for your mama's job runs out, your treatment stops. That's it. That's it. That's it. So now you have to learn how to medicate yourself. You got to learn how to deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I I love to read. So what I did was I started reading books on psychology and so forth. And I began to help myself. Okay. I began to learn how to work through the trauma that I had been uh, that had been put upon. Now, let's come up to modern times. Mm-hmm. Before before you go into modern times, yes. let me ask a question. While you yes. were going through all that, did your grandma or your mom ever say, like, you know, like we growing up in the church, say, let me have pastor to pray, lay hands on that baby and see what's wrong with that baby? Did did you even have to go through that? Or or even oh, that no, too? No, was no, no. I didn't go through none of that. Wow. No, I didn't go through none of that. Wow. My God. Didn't go through none of that. Because you know in our community, it's keep everything quiet. That's right. Because you don't want nobody to know you don't have the perfect family. Because right. Jesus is everything. Yeah, because you've been trained to lie like that. Yeah. Because image is everything. You don't want anybody to think you're not perfect. You don't want anybody to think anything is wrong. You don't want people yeah. in your business. My God. And, and what it caused me to do, it, it, it now caused me to live a transparent lifestyle because mm-hmm. as a leader within the community and within the church, church realm, and, um, you, you have to have a, you have to be able to sit up here and be real with people. True, very true. Because people need to understand where you came from how you mm-hmm. got where you at. They wake up one day and just say, I was going to be a preacher. I didn't wake up one day and say that I was just going to have this great relationship with God. No, mm-hmm. it didn't happen that way. You're right. It didn't happen that way. I went through hell. Jeez. You know, people, and, and I say this because people need to understand uh, a lot of people have been through or, or have been through what you've been through. Mhm. Mhm. A lot of time, and this, this, and I want to take a jab at at pastors real quick. I, I and, and I'm gonna tell you why I say that. Um, a lot of male pastors have been in abusive relationships mm-hmm. because they would not come out and say it because they have this image they have to keep because I'm the pastor. That's mm-hmm. you have to. You're suffering That's too. And it's not right for you to have to suffer that way. So what now happens I, I, is men may be going through mm-hmm. the same thing. But if pastor right. never speaks up, these men will continue to go through what they're going through and never come get on. the help they need. Come on, come on, come on. So this is what I'm going to say. I, 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 anytime we talk about this, because I'm in that realm, I like to make sure I send this assurance. And this is what I want to say. Pastor as well as first lady, you do not have to stay in that abusive relationship. Amen. 
You know, you know what, man of God? Mm-hmm. It does not make you look weak. But you know, you know what, man of God? The the church have it it it, it stems from the pulpit because they yes. the church have taught us how to be phony. The church have taught us if you remain only in the spirit, then life is easy, breezy, and beautiful. But what they don't tell us is, yes, we have an invitation to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to the altar. Give your life to Jesus. But one thing one thing they don't tell us is this. Hey, not because you give your life to Christ, that means immediately everything is going to go away because God is not a genie. So in the church, everything is remains spiritual. And if you were to come out and you were to talk about it, then they would say, oh, that's because you don't have a prayer life. You need to fast more. They, they'll, they'll tell you all these things. Nobody's willing to listen to, what? to what you have to say. They'll just tell you, you need to fast more. You need to pray more. And it's nothing but the devil telling you these things. And the Bible says, forgetting those things that are behind you. So they spiritualize everything. Not realizing, yes, we live, we live a spiritual life, but we live in a physical world, and this body do suffer uh, uh, physical. You know what I'm saying? We feel the physical in the flesh. We're not worshiping the flesh, but we do feel it. Because I definitely first let me say this, I definitely like the point you just brought out. Okay. I definitely love the point you just brought. But let me say this real quick, because you said something that has proved to be detrimental to people who are followers of God, and that Come is on. this. We over-spiritualize everything, because I'm going to be honest everything. What the church says is spiritual ain't spiritual. Come on. Come on here. That, 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 come on here. That's, that, that's a whole different subject. That's a whole different show we're going to have to do. But, but <laughs> let me say this, let me, and, and this reason I say that is because uh, many times we find that many men have learned their, quote, unquote, aggression mm-hmm. uh, from the pulpit itself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the power bullying. <laughs> hmm. So see, we talk about domestic violence, but I think we forget a lot of times that the term bullying is it's, actually a part of domestic violence. Yes, it is. It can because be both. It can be physical, <laughs> mental, and emotional. Yes, yes, so, yes. So here's the thing: we know that bullying is actually stemmed in a loss of control, a need Absolutely. of validation, or a lack right. of love. Come on. Okay. So. It goes the same because you've been told that to be a man, you have to be a certain way. Come on. So, therefore, you're always looking for that validation because you have no control over certain things. Now, watch this. A lot of times I've noticed that a lot of times, and the majority of times, if you actually go back and just really look at domestic violence situations, uh, the person who's committing the act of domestic violence is a person who has lost control in many areas of their life. It yes, 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 yes. 
It could be they have lost a loved one. It could be that mm-hmm. uh, they have lost themselves. Lost it. So the only way I can hang. Oh, oh this is. Oh, this is. This is. You 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 just said something right there. You just said something right there that I don't think that many many people realize. You can lose yourself and try yes, to find yes. yourself in other people. That's why they try to mold people in their own in their own image to make that person what they want that person to be because they cannot find their way to be that person. Uh, 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 Michael, I have I have Pastor Chris on there, and I know Pastor Chris is. I know he's itching to get on here. Pastor Chris, I can hear you in the background. <laughs> Come on in, Pastor Chris. Come on in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, God bless you, sir. Um, yeah, uh, this, this, and I'm, and I just want to, uh, applaud you, uh, sir, for coming on, uh, the show because you don't hear a lot of men speak up about this issue, especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to the macho, wacho, nacho nonsense and all this stuff, you know, yeah, all all this, all this movie star stuff and what we see Mm -hmm. on TV uh, stuff. Now, what makes a strong man, what makes a real man is a man that can actually speak up for himself can actually be real with his reality and still be able to embrace his manhood even despite of what society might think of him. Just because he is saying that he's been through some stuff does not mean he's on the other side of the fence, if you know what I mean. Uh, So that's what I... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad you said that. I'm just going to pick it back. about to get really, really good. You know what? Like what I'm just going to sit back for about 30 minutes, and I'm just going to let you two brothers go at it. I'm just going to sit back <laughs> and because I want the people, I want the people to hear hey, it from the new point of view. So I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to hang loose, and I, I give you all the floor for the next 30 minutes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, so what you, what you just said, Pastor Chris, about uh, emotions, and that, that's, that's basically what you were dealing with when you said that part. It's, it's funny to me how... In today's society, I hear so many women say, I want a man who's in touch with his emotions. Mm. <laughs> when you get that man that's in touch with his emotions, now you call him soft. Come on. You call him other words. All right. Mm. You know the words y'all call us. Yeah, right. yeah. But here's the thing. That man changes up. And because the aggression, you begin to show him because he's soft. He's hmm. not a real man. Hmm. So now something triggers in him. You don't even understand why he's in touch with most because what you may not understand is the reason he's transparent with who he is because he's trying to keep himself out of a danger spot. That's right. Because this is him actually having control over his life because all our life as men we have been told we are providers. Mm-hmm. We have been told that we are supposed to work 16, 17 hours a day to make sure mm-hmm. that women are taken care of, make sure our children are taken care of. And this is the responsibility we take on. Now, let's go even further and look at the black man because what happens with him is now he is even in a more precarious place. Come on, so come on. In the morning, he don't even know if he's going to make it back home. 
He don't even know if he's going to have a job to the next day. We we sit up here, and, and these are the things we're dealing with. We we sit up here, and we do our best. Uh, I mean, it's already we have no control because for so long, uh, because of slavery, and I know a lot of people say, man, don't, don't, don't blame everything. Y'all really yeah. understood the significant role it played in the household of black of us because see the woman had to be put into a position where she literally verbally abused her man to keep her man from getting sold out then she had to turn around and do the same thing toward her son he could be a strong young man and very intelligent but when master came around she had to berate him and make him seem like he was dumb because that's right unbeknown to popular belief the master did not want a dumb slave. He needed the smartest That's of the right. slaves to be able to sell because it was those slaves, those smart, intelligent slaves that were inventing everything and that were mm. making sure that all the crops were good and making sure that business was ran right. Mm. So what happens now is to save my family, I have to verbally abuse my men. I have to physically abuse my men. Even even right. in the case of us whooping our children, we whipped our children to keep them alive. Jesus. Because if the master caught them doing wrong, then they were going to be abused. So these things have trickled down through DNA. These things have trickled down through just behavior patterns that we have made part of our culture. Hmm. And that brings us to this point of and, and, and who do you think we learned? I mean, let's be for real. Who do you think we learned how to abuse women from? Come on. Come on. We don't want People don't want to talk about that. Uh, but it has a significant it has a significant effect on us. So now here it is. <laughs> e, by 400 years of pressure is on me. <laughs> I'm looking to be a savior every single day. I'm to be this king every day. But guess what? If I can't be a king, because if I try to be a king, I'm going to sit up and be told I need to keep my mouth shut. You ain't running nothing. Uh, hmm. uh, I don't need you. I'm independent. I can do it on myself. Yeah, I don't need you. I can do it by myself. You can get on somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then if she makes more money than you. My God. financial abuse. And then here's, here's what's so crazy about it. Um, a lot of times, and we, we don't even understand this, people who have daddy and mommy issues, I'm talking to the young men and young women who like to sit up here and go for your cougars and your, and your wolves, right? You think it's cool, but you don't even understand that you have issues and you're putting yourself in a place where you'll be abused. Because you're looking for validation and love from a mother figure who may have verbally abused you, or That's a father right. and verb or their father abused you. Now you're looking for a replacement, and now it mm. affects all your relationships that you have in your life. Because you ain't now thinking you put right. Now you yourself in the place of being that victim because now you're trying to mm. please someone who could never be pleased mm. because they don't even know themselves. So you have a lot of lost people around here, a lot of abusive people who are hurting, who have never been able to heal because in our community, we have said, 
What goes on in our house stays in our house. That's right. And it has caused a point that has broken us. Well, some of us have said that we're no longer wanting to be broken. Some of us have said it's time to come out and say that this is what's going on. It's, it, enough is enough. Come on, you can't keep this under the rug. We we just swept so much up in the rug. The rug don't need to touch the rug no more because there's so much yeah. business up on the rug. Yeah. The rug is the matter of fact. The rug is touching the roof. We <laughs> we have put so much stuff under the rug that is now touching the ceiling of our house. You can't see that. Mm-hmm. I can see it. People from the outside can see it. Can but see we it. keep on trying to pretend that it don't exist. My God. And I'm, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. Uh, much of it does come. And, and, and Pastor, don't take this as uh, I'm not throwing no jabs at nobody, but I'm just going to be straight up for real. If we be in all honesty, man, a lot of this behavior has been taught through the church. Yeah. A lot of this behavior has been taught through the black church. And probably one of the most, probably one of the most abused people I have found within churches, many times, have been the husbands or wives of those who have heart in mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember this case, but there mm-hmm. was a very famous prophetess. Yeah, she ended up going to jail because she was beating her husband up in the parking lot. Oh, no, that one I don't remember. <laughs> oh. I'm, not try- I'm trying not to put nobody's names out there. <laughs> oh, I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, her initial started with a J and a B. Yeah, 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 when she picked yeah. up that brick. Yeah. yeah. Right. So everybody thought it was the opposite way. Everybody thought the husband was beating her because when you think about a, a domestic violence, this is That's normally how it's always been betrayed. When it That's was actually right. the other way around. It was actually the other That's way around. Right. She was the abusive one. But who was going to question her because of her title? Who was going to question status. her because of her quote unquote anointing? See, we have allowed titles and anointings to get in the way of your generation. Because at home, mm. I'm. I'm, I'm my wife's husband. That's right. I'm not an apostle in my house. That's right. My wife does not call me apostle in this mm. house. She calls me babe, honey, yeah. husband, Michael. Best friend. But she does, she does not address. I don't require her to address it. But I have seen cases of where you mm. have people who are clergy and they have required their spouses to address them by their title. Title, yes, yes. Men of God, you know, you know, it, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. One of the things I said thirty minutes, y'all. I don't know if thirty minutes is up. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I was thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking earlier today. Because when. <laughs> When when I have my when I have my 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 alone time, sometimes my mind wanders, and sometimes when it wanders, it wanders on good things. 
And I, I, I used to watch a lot of Christian television. I don't watch Christian television like I used to. There are maybe one or two people I might go to the Christian station and then I say, oh, I listen and watch. But I have sat here in my room and watched husbands and wives who have television shows. And the husband is going and he's speaking and he's speaking and he's, and the wife, she just sits there like a robot. Yes. Amen. Yes. She has no say-so in the topic. He is completely, completely, completely the one who knows everything, who is saying everything. And I'm telling you, when you have come out of a place of abuse, you can see a couple and you can say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. And I look at a couple of them and I say, oh, yeah, at home, that man is domineering. At home, that man, he... He, he he has to be treated as king at home. Just by the way you sit and you look. If you if you've seen any victim of abuse, if you if if a woman who who's been abused, when you look at another woman, you say, Oh yeah, look how she's walking with her head down. Look how she's sitting there. She's have to sit there straight, head forward, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, because you know if you look to the left, you look to the right, there's going to be something coming. It may not come right where you are when you are in the midst of people, because remember, as victims of abuse and even the abusers, we are Oscar-winning actors. We win, we win awards every day. We win awards every day because we have learned how to perpetrate, like you say, men of God, what a happy couple look like. We have learned how to perpetrate what a perfect family look like. The kids are dressed nice. Mommy is dressed nice. Daddy's in a nice suit. Everybody's going to church. Everybody got Vaseline on their face, just as greasy and shiny as it can be, because there has to be something that, that when you look at them, they say, oh, okay, that is such a beautiful family. Because I cannot tell you how many times my ex-husband and I, we went out, and the compliments we got, and he would hold my hand, but he was not holding my hand out of love. He was holding my hands out of, this is mine. This is this is property. This is mine. And we get in the car, and he's facing forward driving, and I have my head out the window. But I knew better. The minute a car pulled up and there was a man to the right, I better turn my head around because right then and there, I would be accused of something and call a name. And it's like you say, when you see people do not have control of their own lives, and they see you have the potential to do something and go somewhere, they will become a stumbling block in your life just so they do not lose the control that they have over you. Because if they lose the control that they have over you, that's all they have. Their lives are over. Their lives are over. Pastor Christie, you have anything to say? Pastor Chris? Pastor Chris, where you at, bro? I know Pastor Chris probably working the board. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Pastor, go ahead, Pastor Jackson. Go ahead. <laughs> Pastor Chris I mean, working. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very serious problem that we have to face, and a lot of times we don't want to face it because mm-hmm. we. Oh man. Here's the thing. Let me let me say this. Um, let me ask let me ask comes, you something. Let me ask you something. When it comes to domestic violence, mm-hmm. I need people to stop using the excuse, especially those of us in the church. Stop saying that the devil made you do it. You oh my god. Oh my you god. You made a choice. You made a you made a choice. 
You made a choice. Mm-hmm. That anger belongs to mm-hmm. you. That loss of control. Lack of self-control. That belongs to you. Now, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to control it. That because of certain things we put in place in our community, nobody mm-hmm. wants to see you crazy. Nobody. Men, men, I'm telling you right now, I feel as though every black man in anywhere in the world needs to see a counselor. Hmm. White black. Oh, my God. You know even how many pastors you got, got mad at you? Even if you Do you know you how many church God. leaders just got mad at you right now? Because you did not tell him, come to the altar with a special seed. No, do no, you I'm know not, how I'm many not, pastors? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Hmm. Because we can church all day long, but it, not, it, it doesn't you. solve the problem. Too many times we have people that go in and come back out, and they still the same way. Same Why? Way. Because we – oh, I'm trying not to go there. <laughs> go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. The the reason, go ahead. The reason that it, it, it is so much of a control, and I'm not saying this with all – understand this. This is not all pastors, okay? Right. Not wow. all pastors. Right. So let me make make sure we understand it's this. It's a really good pastor. What, yes. what I'm saying is much of the behavior that has been taught to us because we have cookie-cutter ministry. Come on. We have literally made a cookie-cutter, and we think it's an assembly line when ministry comes about. Mm-hmm. So literally many of the detrimental uh, uh, behaviors have been passed on, and we say, oh, this is ministry. Oh, this is the anointing. I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, rebuke Come people. on. Because that's where a lot, much of the much of the abuse that takes place in church is across the pulpit when we rebuke okay. somebody instead of hmm. talking to them behind closed doors. My God, preaching across the pulpit. The Bible says that if you have an alt with your brother, you should go to your brother. That's it. Then if they don't want, if they if, if nothing occurs from that, then you bring witnesses in. Then right. if nothing occurs from that, then you take it in front of the church. Oh, we skip past right. that, and we're just going right. to in front of everybody. So everybody. now, watch this. That man has now come to hate you as a leader in your church, and we wonder why so many men don't want to be at church. My. Woo! Hmm. We already have trust problems because a lot hmm. of times many of us come from single single parent homes. Now, watch this while I'm say this. It's gonna mess it up. When I say single parent home, a single parent home don't just mean mama it ain't no husband in the house. It ain't no dad. Right, right. No. Single parent home means mama is the one taking all the brunt of everything. Everything. Because what we have been taught in our society is you have to work all the time to provide for your family. But right. when you do that, it takes our presence out of the home when our children right. really need us. So now, as a male, I don't have the father figure that I need. Come so on. guess what? I don't trust men. No. Because you have abandoned me, especially if I come from the home where my father left. Right. Now I've been abandoned. So now when you sit up here and try to talk about having a relationship with God, I feel like That's you're going to be abandoned. Or Amen. I feel like God is going to be abusive just like my daddy was. I, I speak on that. I've made, I've, I've made that comment. 
I've made that comment many, many, many times. I've, I've said these words many, many times because it makes you think, how can there, how can God, who is a man, love you when it is a man that brought you all the pain? Whether you are a woman or a man, it is the same thing. Because as a woman, you've been molested, you've been raped, you've been beat up, you've been uh, manipulated by a man. And here you come, you telling me, come to God? And, and, then, and then here's the thing, I forgot to say, surrender? No, 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 because the word of surrender back then meant to me, I give you absolute control of my life. So if I give that person absolute control of my life and you made such a mess out of my life, I'm supposed to surrender to a God, check this out, that I cannot see. How am I to trust a man that I cannot see to know what's best for me when I had one here who I can see and he didn't do me no good? You know what I'm saying? And this is a, this is a lot of the time people don't understand why victims of abuse cannot come to God, cannot trust God, cannot come to church, cannot because of what we have suffered. And they look, especially the men in the pulpit, because there are some pastors, leaders, whatever you want to call them, bishops, apostles, you know, multi-bishop, multi-apostle, multi-prophet, whatever you want to call them, master prophet, whatever you want to call them. You know what I'm saying? Some people look at their pastor like they can't even pray to God. Where God would have their, where God would have their cry. They think, man, I have to go to pastor and have pastor pray for me because I know God will hear pastor's prayer. Why is it God can hear pastor's prayer and God will not hear your prayer? Because pastors, leaders in the pulpit, like you say, have come across the pulpit and have swept this thing like after hey, God what? is there. After God is, I have seen, I have seen pastors who put enmity between husband and wife, because they want to rule their house and they want to rule your house too. And so this is something. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. You hit on something right there. Uh, and I think this is a subject that's not talked about enough because hmm. we literally, um, if you really want to ask the question, as to why uh, much of the church is dying, I, I hate to say it, but it's because of the control issues that people have. That's right. We have drug you from service to service to service to service. Hmm. Because you, we you, want to let people know. Watch, watch this. Watch this. This, this, one, this and I'm not, I'm not saying it's like I say. I cannot group all pastors in here. So when I make my statement, if the shoe does not fit you, then don't get offended. That's but right. If the shoe does fit you, I need you to be Take offended. Look at mm-hmm. Because I need, this is a mirror that I'm handing you. Right. So I don't know if anyone has ever heard of, of, of a character called Dorian Gray, but there's a book out called Dorian Gray. And Dorian Gray was a man who had been cursed, per se. So all the ugly and abusive things that he had done, all the uh, scars and, and, and fights he had been in that had resulted from his abusive behavior and his alcoholism and so forth, it was mm-hmm. hidden from plain sight. Nobody could see it because he looked so perfect. But there was right. a painting of him. 
and this pain was kept covered up. If the pain was revealed, <laughs> if he ever looked upon that painting, then all of it would come to him. Hmm. He literally lived for as long as that painting had never been damaged. Wow. See, we have hmm. the image hmm. that we put out. Jesus. I ain't messing with y'all. We're, I'm, I'm going. We're hurting. I'm going back behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pastor Chris, stay up. Stay, stay right there, Pastor Chris. Stay right there. Just add my flame. Just add my fuel to the fire because hey, it's hey, real. Hey, 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 I got I got a joke for our brother. See, he he he's throwing so, so much shade right now. I'm going to lose my thousand dollar. Seed offering to keep oh, the ministry alive. Okay. Lord have mercy. Okay. Okay. I'm just kidding. It's I'm over. Just kidding. <laughs> it's over. Say what? Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> oh, can't, you, we can't speak on these issues, man, because you're going to turn away all of my heavy hitters to get the VIP yes. seats and to be sits on to be seated on the board so they can make executive oh, decisions and you're gonna cut from my fun so now I can't go get my Italian suit made you and I can't say, get my driver hey, and I cannot afford to. my Harvard <laughs> Law secretary. Okay, you so you need it. to pump your brakes, brother, because we need to make sure the people lean on our mm-hmm. every word. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 And that's what that is. That's what that is, right? It's not coming across the pulpit for these very reasons. For this very, I remember I had a speaking engagement in in in, uh, in in California one time, and one of the the, the prophetess that spoke, that woman was so broken, so toe up, so beaten down. She was preaching on the pulpit, preaching with her head down. It, it, some 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 things she was saying, it's like she she was just like in a daze. And who was she married to? You better believe it, a prophet. Beat her mm-hmm. down, tear her down, took everything from her, and said, I bid you adieu and bye-bye. This is wow. why I tell you, your titles don't mean Jiminy Squat to me. I need to see your lifestyle. Because if you have oh, a wife, oh, if you have oh, a wife and you are destroying oh, that wife, that tells me if I come to you, you're going to do the same thing. This is why our churches are empty. This is why they're not coming to church because everything. If you if you if you pay, if you give a seed, then you get a prophet's reward. But what is the verse after that? And if you give a prophet a, a glass of water, you get a prophet reward. And it's always giving, 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 so oh. they can look good. What are you doing for the people who are in the pulpit? who are in pain because we say that the church is the hospital for the sick soul. But the sad reality is there are people coming to the hospital who are sick and we are maltreating them. We are committing physical and spiritual malpractice. And these people are going home and they're dying and their souls are going to hell. But it's all good because pastor, bishop, apostle, whatever you their, their name is, they got some new gators. 
They got a new Mercedes and look at me. I'm living the life of, of overflow and how many people have died because nobody, like you said, men of God, is being transparent and safe. I am a man, but I was abused. I am a man, but I once lived the gay lifestyle. You know why? Because when I was a little boy, a man raped me, and I got confused. Nobody is saying that. Nobody is saying that. It's just look on the outside, look on the outside, and which is exactly the, the opposite of what God said. He said, men look on the outside, but God looks on the inside. We're ready for people to look on the outside than on the inside, and people are dying every day and going to hell, and these pastors are eating caviar and drinking champagne. That's um, not too um, uh, uh, well, I hate to break it to you, Sister Deanne, and my brother. Uh, what, what's my brother's name, by the way? You never introduced Pastor Michael Jackson. Pastor Michael Jackson. It, are you related yes, to the Michael Jackson? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not that one. That one is saying. No, that one is saying. No, the third, his third cousin. Because what people don't know is that actually. There was one. So, at the end of the Civil War, when they ended out slavery per se, and mm-hmm. they told us anyway, uh, so there was a plantation that sits on the border of Mississippi and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And the plantation literally was a Jackson plantation. Half of the slaves went wow. down through Louisiana into Texas, and the other ones went up north into Chicago, Gary, and so forth like that. So, yeah, wow. we possibly are really related. <laughs> oh, wow. Then, then, oh, wow. They're not on doubt it then. No, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I was, I was I, 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 this is a very, like, this, it, like, see, he's, he's on the right network. Because again, you're not going to hear this from yeah. any other Christian radio station. Period. Because we got too much politics and too mm-hmm. many handshaking and kiss the babies and compromise. See, mm-hmm. our yeah. sole mission is to lead people to Christ. This yeah. particular subject of domestic violence is happening more than ever, especially in our churches. Just because you have a title to your name, just because I have, just because I'm a pastor does not give me the right to tell someone, oh, they need to come see me. Listen, my job is just to guide them to Christ. That's my job. My job is not to be their psychotherapist. My job is not for them to hang on every word I say. If they listen to anything I tell them, you need to go get some help or you know wait a minute stay right here let me call for you and get this handled because see sometimes if a man of god uses authority in the right way instead of trying to manipulate the situation uh oh oh let me let me slow down i'm getting i'm getting a little i'm getting a little excited there pastor jackson i'm sorry Uh, i'm sorry i'm getting a little excited yeah yeah yeah, we like to manipulate our position or, or or our authority as as men of God does. See, I'm saying God does. I'm not saying God. I'm saying God does. See, there's a difference. There's, there's a different anointing there, Pastor Jackson. The man of God does. Anybody ever caught that, though? 
but but see but see you got to understand something. See, I learned I learned this particular theology from the uh, University of the School of Hard Knocks. See, there's a different mm-hmm. anointing when you call a man of God in well, comparison to a man of God. It's a Come on here. Because, see, on here. a man of God is all about him and all about his image and all about what's it going to look like to the people. See, a man of God does not fear the people. He fears right. God. And he uses That's his right. biblical authority to protect his sheep. Male or female. See, you know what? Let me get off this mic because I'm about to go take this thing off. I ain't the guest tonight, so I'm going to back up a little bit. So back to you, Pastor, and back to you, Deanne. I need to, I need to get off this thing. <laughs> okay. You pushed through. You just threw some logs in there and just walked away. Yes, it is. And see what he did, Pastor, Pastor Jackson, see what he did. He threw them logs in there, threw some kerosene on there, and he just threw us in there. It, it's on us now. I gotta go save my tide offering, son. If you excuse me, I need to go save my tides now, okay? Thank yes, you very so much. You're gonna get so many nicknames off this show. Oh my god, Lord, we pray for protection over him even now in Jesus' name. Because hey. whenever you are speaking the truth, people don't like. If you see we were sitting on here and we were telling everybody, oh, God loves you, and you miss any kind of life, and as long as God see your heart, you're going to be okay. Oh. My Bible, I can have what it say I have. I can do what I can do. And we give people just this old watered-down Kool-Aid, and people leave not even the way they left, not even the way they came in. Some people leave church worse than they came. Some mm. people came to church to release some burden and across the pulpit. Have they, they, they've been slammed, so they go home even more heavy and more tired than when they came to service. But we do not want to speak about the abuse in the church by the pastors and towards the pastors. It's, it's, it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. I wish. Man, let me tell you, man, I've got, I, I, this lady reached out to me one time. And she told me she was the she was engaged to a bishop, a bishop, and she said she had to leave that bishop alone. That sucker was so abusive. Now, what does if you are doing that to the woman that you say you love, you are the bishop. That means you have other churches, or supposedly, right? That means you have other churches. That means under you are apostles. The apostles are the ones that are supposed to, to, to make sure the laws are, are enforced and whatnot. The church is moving on. The, the people are being fed properly. So if he's being that dogmatic to his wife, can you imagine how he's being dogmatic to his other apostles and prophets, those who have wives, and they go home? And they do that to the same wives, and when they preach across the pulpit, they're doing the same thing that their leader is doing. So this is this is like snowballing more and more. But nobody, we don't want to talk about that because, like Pastor Chris said, it's gonna mess up the offering. 
is going to mess up the tides, is going to mess up the seed, and, and, and we have to be able to get that big house so we can say we ourselves, we sow a seed of a 1000 or $10,000, and God gave us that, so you got to have the God kind of faith. Like when Jesus told the fig tree to dry up, it dried up, and I went to the lot, and I said, Lord, this house is mine, and I called it down, and all of a sudden, it was mine. Not people. The burden that was placed on the people, not telling people how they made people feel guilty. Oh, y'all going out, y'all buying new dresses, y'all buying new clothes, but y'all ain't bringing no money into the house of the Lord. And there are people that are not paying their rent because pastors say sow a seed. There are people who are in bankruptcy because pastors say the last thousand dollars you have on your credit card, go ahead and sow that seed and you cannot sow it. So the mm. people are more bondage. So of the so-called pastor, the so-called man of God, can look like he like he living the lifestyle of the rich and famous off of the backs of people who are sad, beaten, bruised, and broken. And they go home to bed and they sleep in their nice prosthetic bed, and somebody oh. sleeping on the floor. Not the prosthetic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me let me do this because you said something. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw some out there, and then I'm just gonna throw a whole scripture out there for y'all, uh, because you made a statement, and so for the sake of not getting off subject, you made a statement about tithes, <laughs> how we push the money thing, and hmm. I don't. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. When anyone gets the chance, uh, this is what I would like you to do. Go and look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, chapter 14, start at verse 22, and read all the way through 29. And when you get an opportunity, y'all want to, y'all can give me a call. Uh, I, I don't mind putting my number out there. And you can actually call and discuss this scripture with me. And we might be able to get you, get you and your, uh, your church back on the right track. All right. So... <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Go read it. Go read it. <laughs> so, uh, what, I, what I'm going to say is, if we look at a lot of authority figures, God, God gave God gives a warning. Uh, mm-hmm. Man wanted mm-hmm. to place an authority figure or when Israel wanted to place an authority figure over them like everybody else had. Right. And when they said they wanted a king, a king Mm -hmm. king is one who has total, complete control of your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he told them that it was going to be problems Mm. when they got that king. He told them this. If we notice and... You said something about prophets and elders, so I'm going to just ride through here real quick. Uh, if we notice many of those self-appointed kings that we have today, which we call, uh, which have taken the title, I'm not going to say we call them, but they've taken on the title of being the pastor. They've taken right. on the title of being the bishop. They've taken on the title of being the apostle, the chief apostle and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, first, how do you take I a job and turn it into a title? 
these things that we call ourselves, these are job descriptions. At right. the end of the day, I'm Michael Jackson. That's it. I do a job that he sent me to do. But when he addresses me, when God addresses me, he addresses me as Michael. That's right. He does not address me as apostle. He does not address me as pastor. He does not address me as prophet. He addresses me as Michael. Now, this is what he will say to me. I need you to be the apostle today. I need you to be the pastor today. I need you to be the prophet today. I need you to be the teacher. And I'm supposed to do what he tells me to do. Okay? But what has happened now is the church is no different than the penitentiary. Why do I say that? Because in the penitentiary, (laughs) a pair of lips can say anything. Anything. You can be who you want to be. You was a whole drug addict on the streets, but in the penitentiary, you a whole drug dealer. And you got everybody thinking you the man. And they listen to everything you say. Because you know how to tell the stories. You know Mm -hmm. how to sit up here and make make it sound good to people. Well, you did not have any control outside. Well, you were not who you felt like you should have been. So now I'm wow. going to make myself more than what I am. Well, many hmm. times that many men or many women have gotten off into relationships, a lot of what they do in the relationship is determined by what they went through as a child. Right. Which they had no control. Right. I agree. They may have been bullied. And, and we see this a lot with, with, with correctional officers and and with officers of the law, they were one time bullied, picked on. You hear mm-hmm. that story? They got that bad. So this mm-hmm. is what made them decide: I want to be, I want to be a justice. I want to be the justice yeah. of the peace. I want to sit up here and yeah. set things right. No, what you want to do is you want to go back and get back and have business on power. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now over here, watch this. This will we. This will we mess up too. And I'm, I'm going to blame us good church, us, us, uh, the good lay members and the good the good families of those who end up being preachers. We say because he knows scripture or she knows scripture and they can quote mm-hmm. them off the top of their head. We mm-hmm. say because they sound good when they mm-hmm. preach because they can hit an A flat uh, mm-hmm. when they squall. <laughs> we say that you should be preaching. Uh-oh. I say that you should not be preaching, but you should let God guide you the way that you're supposed to go. Because when wait, you let wait, other wait, people wait, put, wait, you wait, wait. Other people put clothes on you that don't wait, fit. Wait, 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 wait. Pastor you, Jackson. Hold on, hold so on, you, Pastor. Hold on, Hold on, hold on. But when you put clothes on that do not yeah. fit, when you mm-hmm. put an armor on that does not fit you, See, Come on. somebody need to learn a lesson from David. That's Saul right. Saul tried to put his armor on David, but it was not this going fit. to fit David because That's it right. was made for Saul. For somebody else. It don't fit me because, it, and see, I, I, I'm, I'm not, so, I'm not the same. You, you can't look at me and say, okay, well, he was, uh, he, he, he was, Affirmed by this apostle, so we expect him to act like this apostle. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I was affirmed by this particular apostle, but that's his ministry. My this, ministry this that it. God has trusted me with, 
I have to do it the way God says do it. That's right. That's right. And That's therefore, right. I can still have, see, when I get out the way, and, and we all have control triggers. Let's be for real. Everybody has to A lot of times, what well, we don't want to admit, a lot, a, a lot of people don't want to admit the reason we end up getting caught up in extramarital relationships or getting hooked on drugs or getting hooked on pornography, getting hooked on uh, alcohol is because, or becoming abusive, is because especially those of us who are in ministry, it's because I've been asked to give up every ounce of my control and let God work through me. Right. And I want to hang on to some type of control. Hmm. Unfortunately, those things that we choose are the negative things. Right. So we, we we don't understand how much control, how much the big thing with mankind is control. That's why only if you, if and, and I'm gonna show you to prove my point. Let's look at how Satan tempted Eve. He said, if you eat the fruit, the reason you don't want to eat the fruit. Because then you're gonna be just like him. So we know God created everything, so that means He had control over everything. Well, it means He also had control over their human life. But if we eat this fruit, then we don't need Him in control no more. Because now we can control our own destiny. Hmm. What, so what? now, so now you got folks that's control that want to control your destiny. We call we we call we we call some of my pastors. Mm. Because now they open their mouth and they literally say, "Your destiny is in my mouth." No, yes, not. they do. They oh, even yeah. they even say that my sheep shall hear my voice. I'm sorry, but it's not your sheep. It's not your the sheep. The only reason that Christ said that was because and and, and pastors have understand we're under shepherds. We're under shepherds. It means we work for these shepherds. It means that we should be mimicking. Everything that he says and does. If we're mimicking that, his sheep would know his voice through us. See, we put ourselves in danger when we start saying these rhetorical things using this rhetoric because now when I say my sheep, I put myself in the place of Jesus Christ. I put myself in the place of Jehovah God. And for those of you who who like the, the, the politically Hebrew names, uh, we find ourselves putting ourselves in the place of Yeshua Hamasek, and we find ourselves mm-hmm. putting ourselves in the place of Yahuwah or either Yahweh, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we find ourselves putting our pl- in ourselves in that place. Mm-hmm. You're playing a dangerous game. Very. You're playing a you're dangerous game because what, what, what happens yeah. is, if you're familiar with Matthew chapter 7, I believe it starts in verse 21, he says there will be those who say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not heal the sick in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not raise the dead in your name? And go on and so forth. Did I not raise that $2,000 offering in your name? Did we not build up this big church in your name? Did we not? Uh, did I not buy this car in your name? Did I not do this in your name? Oh, Everything in his name. And he says, I'll mm-hmm. turn to them and I'll look at them and say, get away from me. You work with the law. I never knew you. Yeah, never knew you. Oh. You say you're doing stuff in my name, but it ain't for me. It's for you. Hmm. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Hmm. That's Jackson. Oh, now, Lord. Oh, yeah. 
I, I'm just gonna do a little detour real quick because yes, 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 is verbally abusing the man <laughs> of God, Duck. You ain't gonna do it. You ain't gonna do it. See, he's adding more fire to the kids, adding more fuel oh, to the fire. See, that thing, he gonna get me in trouble because they're gonna say, oh, that's just laying victories on the wake of life. Uh-uh. See, he gonna get me in trouble. You see that? See, see, see so, so now... I have to put out all the fire and all get fire. more hate mail this yes. week oh, because we are not preaching the message of deliverance and steering it toward the offering plate. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, I didn't mean to say that. That that that. So let me. So this is why I am the way I am. I made a promise at the beginning. I made a promise after George Floyd, and this is this is for real. I made this promise after George Floyd died, and this is what I told God. I told God, I said, I'm going to free my people. Mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. I said, I am now on my Harriet Tubman, then Marcus, I heard Garvey, that. Marcus Garvey, gave I heard the that. and that term. I, heard that. I am going to live with everything the same it is. And I heard it that. will put me. It will literally pit me <laughs> against my brothers and sisters. I understand it because when I became an apostle, I when I when I when I when I literally it, it took me four years after it, after God had sent word that that's what He wanted me to do. It took me four years to do it. Hmm. When ladies, when ladies, uh, uh, when when prop, when prophetess the brand when she first when when. When I first met her, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and I and I want to thank you because you did something, and you you did not know what you did, but I literally had posted on my Facebook page that someone was going to give me a car. Really? And put the keys in my hand. I never told you this. I never told you this until today. <laughs> wow. And wow. you were that person. You were that person. That's what let me know where I was in the right place that I needed to be at. Because My God. he he showed me that. He, he I got the car. I should have been more specific. <laughs> but I got the car. Uh-huh. And then I ended up getting my wife. All this happened around the same time. Because oh, I wow. literally said, Okay God, here you take full control. Yeah. Everything that you have for me. Give it to me. But right. you have full control. And that's what I did. I let him come in and have full control. And yeah. I knew what I was there for. 
But it took me though it, it took me time to finally say, Okay, yeah, if you want me to get affirmed as an apostle, I will. Mm-hmm. I will do it. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And then the craziest thing happened. He literally pulled me up out the system. <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but oh my God, oh my God, mirror, mirror, right? Oh God, oh he God, pulled me out the system. Yeah, and I did not understand. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he was saying do this, and then all of a sudden he pulls me out the system because my whole my whole thing is I study, and the more I oh. begin to study, the more mm-hmm. he begins to pull me closer to him. And pull mm-hmm. me from this system. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, everything that we said tonight, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Amen. I'm breaking some change because it's a generational change that we have inside of this system that we call church. Amen. That have kept people mm-hmm. captive and have put people in a place where they literally have been trained through the church. To accept mm-hmm. being domestically abused from the pulpit, absolutely, and it trickles absolutely. into the home because this is accepted behavior. Because I have to be a man like my pastor is a man. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to do it like Pastor does it. He talked to the first lady mm-hmm. like that, so I'm gonna talk to you like that. Mm-hmm. That's what Pastor does. And that might end up getting me beat up at the house. Though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. So this is when I do my noise talk. I do my noise talking at church. Hmm. I become hmm. that, that, that man at church. I'm gonna tell you what hmm. to do. And guess what she gonna do? She'll do it because there's an image that we have to portray. But it's so portray, you get home right. and beat up. You know what time it is, that's right. That's right. So yes, a lot yes. of times to watch this cause what you were saying earlier about the past about that how how you see them on T V. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that that the well, let me tell you something. You can tell a person who don't have a word who don't have any time to say anything at the house. Nothing. A lot of times. Because they're so talkative when they get around other people because it's a safe place. And they feel as though they can say what they need to say. Right. Because I'm in, I'm in public. You ain't going to do this to me in public. Right. You ain't going to beat me in public. Right. So I'm going to get some things out of my chest while I can. But I know when I get to head, I know when I, watch this. I know when I get to head, I'm going to say, because now hell is home. Hmm. Hmm. Your home Domestic is abuse, y'all. Hey. Domestic abuse, y'all. The person that's supposed to be the man of God or the woman of God, they they act they not acting like they they the father they say they serve. They acting like the father that they really come from. Oh. Hmm. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I might sound hmm. too much like him. Am I sounding too much like oh. the one that came before me? Say what? The one that I'm supposed to be following behind him because he said. To those those Pharisees, oh, I might be mm-hmm. tipping into some dangerous territory, but he said to the Pharisees 
to know your father is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but your father is the father of lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abuse has to stop in our yeah. community, and yeah. much of it has to take place in the church. So let me let me Amen. let me say this: Don't just think that "quote unquote" church is just a spiritual thing, because what we don't mm-hmm. know a lot of times, and what we have what we have taught, we have separated spiritual and physical. Absolutely. Church did that. God can do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We're talking, talking about the same God who walked among his people. He say, I walk among you. Yeah. <laughs> we talking same about the God. same God who walked in the garden. Same God. Personal and intimate conversations with Adam. We talking about the same God who called himself a friend to Abraham. The same God who sat there and, and told Miriam and Aaron. See, Moses is not like everybody else because me and him, we have face-to-face conversation. Face-to-face conversation, that's right. And he's seen my true form. While mm-hmm. other problems, I reveal to them through dreams. That, okay, so now, here's the thing. He's that God. Then why is that not the God we teach people to have a relationship with? Uh-oh. We have made him so busy. We have made him, yeah, because and they want to make themselves look put like they in his place. We put That's right. Place. Oh, you got to, to get to him, you got to, look, stop paying. You got to go through me. Isn't that the Catholic Church? Isn't that what the Catholic Church I'm does? Sorry. And the okay. Protestant Church, and the Charismatic okay. Church, and the non-denominational okay. Church. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, I, I was I was just asking for about one or two examples, but thank you. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Because you're telling you telling the truth. Like that deals with this. Please call me for that one, and I can do what I do. But here's the thing. Um, yes, sir. I learned how to be the perfect victim. Mm-hmm. Come on, speak and leave it translated in the church. Because I literally was allowing myself and my gift to be killed off under one leader that I was up under. Ooh, That's what led me. God pulled me out of that, put me hmm. at a different place. And that's when I that's when I met Lady DeGrand and met my wife and was over there, you know, with with, with, with my, the new ministry and stuff and God began mm-hmm. to just shift things in my life. But mm-hmm. I was always the perfect victim. Because hmm. I had to please everybody. I didn't want to disappoint everybody. anybody. Yes. But now, yes. this is what's so crazy about it. This is what it really stems from. The way I was taught about God in such a religious manner, I felt like if I did not obey those who were in authority over me, then I was not obeying God. Mm-hmm. Right. So I felt like I had to take the verbal whoopings. Hmm. My, sec- my 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 second marriage, she put her hands on me three times. My God. The last time was the final straw. She literally had me thinking I was going crazy because she was always abusing me or cheating. Wow. And come to Uh-oh. find out, she had been cheating from the very beginning. No. I found this out through no. myself, son. My stepson revealed that to me. He told no. me this, and he said, he called me 
in two. Now, me and his mother had not been married since 2006. My mm-hmm. son called me while, after he had got in college, moved out the house. It was 2014. No, 2000, I'll take it back. 2016. Mm-hmm. He calls me on the phone and said, Dad, I got something to tell you. Now, mind you, he's not my blood. He's not blood related to me, but he's my son. And Dad. he says, the whole time that you were married to my mom, she was cheating on you with a guy she was dating before you. Oh, my God. She never stopped dating him. When oh you would God. not be at the house, he would be over there sometimes. Oh, my God. Wow. She was bold like that. He said, he said, I could not carry this on me anymore. I had to tell you the truth. Wow. It's the right thing. Now, Pastor uh, uh, Jackson. Yes. I was going to ask you, now, when you when you first met her, because I asked that to the women as well, when you first met her, did you see any red flag that she she had a abuse tendency in her? So, here's my red flag, and I... <laughs> so we talked. We got to know each other. We talked, became friends. And she is. She she told me that for seven years she had been in an abusive relationship with her ex husband. Mm. So I gave her leeway because I understood that many mm-hmm. times those who have been abused take on characteristics of the abusers. That's so right. she loved to argue, which I did not. So my mm-hmm. thing is, when you argue with me, I'm going to be quiet because one, we can't argue, we can't yell at each other at the same time to get any type of understanding. Right? Can't nobody hear nothing. So if I get mad, I will take a walk. That was my coping mechanism. I would just go walk. And the first time we got into it, hold up, you said red flag. So here's a red flag. I should have left the day we got married. Oh, my God. <laughs> we get married. Oh my God. I moved my stuff to the house, right? Mm-hmm. I put all my stuff out. Put it, you know, her side of the dresser, my side of the dresser. Right, right. Put my toiletries out, you know what I'm saying, toothbrush and stuff. I go up in the front room. I got some coffee table books, you know, my my, my T.D. Jakes books and all this shit. I, I don't put them right, on my thing. Yeah, because we're married now. Right. So I go to work. I come back. All my stuff. Her excuse to me was she's been by herself so long, it just seems so strange having everything out like that. I let that go Mm. because I said I loved her. Right. Wow. Because, see, I was looking for something. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I was looking for love. Cause I had never. I I could not say I felt it. I was looking for mm-hmm. love. See, love and validation go hand in hand. Definitely. They know how to pick out their victims. Definitely. Because a person is looking for love, is looking for validation. Mhm. Then mm-hmm. that's an easy pick. Easy. You look for someone who. Has low self esteem. There you go. She fine with me because I never felt like I was a good looking dude. 
Hmm. So my whole thing was I was very intelligent. So that's where I that's that's where my 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 attractive. I feel like I was attractive in the intelligence department, the brain side. <laughs> you so funny. <laughs> no, no. Cause why, why should, why should. I know what I'm laughing because I'm laughing because you're hitting home. I'm laughing because you're hitting home. You know, you know when you've been delivered. Yeah, man. Do you know how hard it was when me and when me and Donnie first got together and we started expressing the love that we had for each other? She Mm. would tell me how good I looked, and I I would not buy it. I would not believe her. Wow. Not used to it. So this is the transparency that don't nobody know about with us. Because it took me the longest to understand I actually was a good-looking man. Okay, now. But at the same Hmm. time, my wife had been scarred. She had been scarred so much that those same compliments I gave back to her, because this is the thing, we were two people who had been abused in relationships. Who have uh, found each other. Yeah. And now we try to build each other up. She giving me yeah. compliments. I'm giving her compliments, and neither one of us are good at taking them. Wow. We were so used to pleasing other people. Yeah. We, it was hard for us to try to do. I did not. First time she bought me something, I didn't even know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Oh, wow. Because no one had ever reciprocated. The love. And many times, those who find themselves being abused, we are Mm -hmm. people who are looking for someone that will reciprocate the love back. And we if we have been through that trauma as a child and we have learned that this is quote unquote love, love, you go for it. Then guess what we do? We look for that abuse. Yep, we accept it because to us that's the validation. To us, that's the show of love. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not gonna say that in all cases. I can only speak about those who 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 fit that category. So don't think that I'm saying that all abuses. You know, people don't. We we. I mean, like literally, it ain't like we wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, I'm gonna get abused today. I'm gonna go find somebody." Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, we look. We wake up in the morning and say, "I want to find somebody that loves me." That's it. And it just so happens that me because of what we've been through and what we have become used to as a child, we mm-hmm. feel as though that's the way. That's it. That is it. That that makes total children, sense. Children to me. are very precious. And in, in yeah. the book of Psalms, I don't remember the exact chapter. I don't remember the exact verse, but I do remember these words. Children are as arrows in a quiff. Yes, sir. That we yes, are sir. supposed to take and aim at the target. Yep. If we find that we aim that child at that target and that target and we miss then first, when you put an arrow out, let's be free. When you put an arrow out, you got to check and see if it's a crook. Right. And now, if the now, tip is there, it's, it's not broken. Just, this, just a, this just a free lesson for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we call people who do wrong, we say that they're crooked. Hmm. Well, an arrow that is crooked or is warped, we call it a crook. Right. 
told you have to straighten the crook out. How many times our grandmother knew you tell us, oh, I'm going to straighten you out all right. Yeah. <laughs> so you, put, you, you take it out. Now watch this. People don't even understand, and I'm, I'm going to blow folks' mind because we don't even understand really what the significance of um, we, 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 you have to understand the significance of baptism. Now, I know we always look at it from the standpoint of this is us giving our life to Christ and we're showing that mm-hmm. we're dying to the flesh and being raised up in the spirit the same as Christ was being resurrected with him. Okay, that, and that is part of it. That is, that is it. part of it. Right. But there's another aspect to it. Because what you do is you would take that arrow, that, 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 that shaft, and you would soak it in water. You would Once you soak it in water, you would put it between two stone slabs or two hard pieces of wood, straight pieces of wood, and you would apply pressure. Mm. You know, we sit up here and we wonder why things get hard after we get saved and we get baptized. Because that is not pressure. the enemy attacking you, but it's actually you being yeah. put in between the pressure, pressure. to straight. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so when you come out, you're straight. So if you miss the target after that, it's because, and and this is what is called an archery. When you miss the target, you commit a sin. Mm. The word sin is an archery term. And it means to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. So when we take our children, yeah, you got to make sure that they're straight. Right. But how do you, and yeah, you're going to apply pressure, but you don't abuse them. You don't, right. Right. You don't abuse them. And that's where, that's why, mm-hmm. that's why he said, that's why scripture says don't agitate a child. Don't do it. It tells the parents, don't agitate your child. Why? Because yeah. when you agitate that child, you're affecting how they're going to be as they grow up as an adult. That's right. So if you're sitting up here literally bullying them in the house, don't don't sit up here and do no tripping when your child go to school and go to bullying somebody. Because you have every home. single ounce of control that child ever had. Right. And you have made them feel the lowest. So now they either turn to the bully or they turn into the abusive adult when they get older. There you go. There you go. Because it, it, it is said one in every five children that have been abused, they grow up and they become the abusers themselves. Many, many victims who have been abused, they they make that that they make that pact with themselves and they say never again. I never let another man treat me like that. I never let another woman treat me like that. And just so it don't happen to protect themselves, they become what? Uh, uh, they become what who they are you? The most. We mm-hmm. become what we hate the most. And mm-hmm. don't even realize. Yep. And don't even realize. Either you end up becoming the yeah. victim, and you you get good at being the victim. Because you make Damn every sense in the world as to why this person really loves you. They didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Every you give them every excuse in the book. You give them as many chances as possible. This lady she she reached out to me. Not because she was being abused, but because her daughter was being abused. Her daughter is with this guy and he's just mistreating her and she's like, Diane, I don't know what to do. 
I'm doing everything I can, but she, she won't leave him alone. And I had to tell her straight up, I said, she's not going to leave that man until she hits rock bottom, until she comes to the realization of who she is, until she comes to the place and say, like like the prodigal son, until you come to that place where you're so down, you can't get no downer, and even when you try crawling up, you're still down, until she hits that place, there's nothing you can do for her. Nothing, because like you said, we've come, we've come to the place where this is now the norm. This is not, this is now the norm. And when we, and there are a lot of people who just leave one, one abusive relationship. Because I did that. I left one and go to another. Why again? Because you're looking for somebody to say I love you. You're looking for somebody to say you complete me. You're looking for somebody to give you all the validation that you were needing, especially like you say, if you grew up as a kid and you never had that, the first person that tells you, I love you, you are locked up. That's why there are women in prison now. There's this show that I watch sometimes, and I think it's like uh, For My Man, and of the women that are locked up behind uh, behind the prison because they did something, they killed, they steal, they, they did something for a man that did not love them, but because they did not have a positive uh, example of what love is, what love was growing up in the house, the same abuse they were getting from mama, from daddy, from mama's boyfriend, from daddy's girlfriend or whatever, that's the norm. So they meet this man and he tell him, I take care of you and girl, I love you and this, that, and the other. And they use the love that they're so hungry and desperate for and they use it as manipulation. So I was watching so many of these women are behind bars. Why? Because they did not love themselves. And if you don't love yourself, somebody is going to come and they're going to teach you how to love yourself and they're going to teach you how to love yourself either into prison or into death because anybody who don't love you is not going to take the time and show you the greater part of you. They will use the weaker part of you to bring you to your detrimental. They will, they will use that to bring you to a place where you are absolutely nothing. So this, this is why domestic violence is, is, is running rampant. And this is why a lot of people don't want to talk about it. We have 15 more minutes, you guys, and, and, and uh, we're going we're gonna to close 15 more minutes. And, and this is why we, they don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it in church. They don't talk about it in school. You, don't talk, you know what I'm saying? And so many victims, we lie because we know what the consequences are going to be when you get home. You better sit yourself right you better know when to give him or her that compliment. You better know how to dress. You better, because everything you do is no longer for you. I remember going shopping, and I would see clothes that I would like that would fit me nice. But I couldn't buy those clothes because in my mind, I'm saying to myself, what is my husband going to say about this? How is he going to say, you know what I'm saying, about this. I remember I went shopping with his his two sisters and it was like the, the, the Black Friday after one of the Thanksgiving and we went to, to I think it was the Grapevine Mill and there was this cute little skirt that skirt fitted me so nice but it had two slits on the side and it was like right on my knee 
And the skirt fitted me so nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I like it. But they were like, you ought to get it. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. It's like, go ahead, get it. I was like, no, I'm not telling them no because I don't like the skirt. I'm telling them no because I can already hear what their brother and the, the languages that he's going to use to me. So when we got home, I told him, I said, I bought a skirt. And the first thing I had to tell him, the first thing I had to, his favorite sister, I said, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to get it, you know, but uh, your sister told me it looked nice on me, it fit me nice. So because his sister told me it was okay, that was, you know what I'm saying, that was an approval, you know what I'm saying? And when you don't love yourself, you go for shenanigans like that. When you don't love yourself, you can't even make up your own mind because they got your mind because you're so afraid of the backlash. You're so afraid of what's going to happen next. So, Pastor Jackson, after, after, uh, after that, how long did it take for you to come to the place where you are healed and for you to say, you know what? Okay, now that I know the signs, the red flags of abuse, how long did it take you to, to get yourself together, to be ready, and to prepare yourself for your wife that you have now? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we literally <laughs> had to grow through that together. Wow. Because even, like, financial abuse. Okay, so I grew yeah. up not learning how to balance the checkbook or anything, really. Not knowing how to wow. make a budget because it was always the women in my family who did it. So I was just taught to be a provider, go work, come home, bring the check to you, see your wife, your significant other, and let them handle all the business. Hmm. Man, listen, <laughs> when I say I didn't have credit backed up, so one of the hardest things, and, and I still, and, and we still work on it, having make sure we have effective communication even today. Because hmm. many times when it came to finances, I just didn't say nothing. I would spend my money. I would like, cause I would. I had to like, my second marriage. I had to like, if I wanted to have money, I had to hide my money. Wow. <laughs> because I would have never thought that. I would have never thought a man would do that because I know those are the things us women do. I would have never thought a man would do the same thing. Cause oh. men not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Because yeah. we hear this a lot of times from women. Is what's mine is yours. No, no, excuse me. What's yours is mine, what's mine is mine. It's true. That's a red flag. We're going to deal with red flags. It's a red flag. Anybody who heard a woman say that early on in a relationship, that's a red flag. Move around. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. Move around. Because Mm -hmm. what they want to do is they want to control the finance. If they control the finance, then what you going to do? You can't go nowhere without money. Now, what's so cold about it, in my second marriage, I had, okay, so I had a Suburban, right? Old school Suburban. That was, that was, that was, my, that was my ride. I was coaching uh, Little League football and everything. So, we get married. Got a Suburban. My Suburban goes down. So, now, I don't go in. I'm cool with, I'm cool with my wife riding with me anywhere. I don't mm-hmm. mind my wife being with me. I, I love it. But, <laughs> my car finally got fixed. As soon as my truck came up, she no longer wanted to drive her vehicle. She wanted to drive my truck out there. <laughs> and literally said, oh, well, we need to get my car fixed. Really wasn't nothing wrong with her car. <laughs> 
but she wouldn't let me have the keys to the car. Wow, control. So, so, so now can't go nowhere. Uh, and then watch it. So she was going to school. This was the deal. You go to school, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. We work at a, a storage facility together. So I'm so willing to help and support you. I don't even work your shift. So I go wow. to work at eight o'clock in the morning. I don't get home to eight o'clock at night. At night. Because I'm working her shift too while she goes to school. She would come hmm. up there just long enough so when the boss would call, we would have to call. I had to call and give him the numbers and stuff like that. So she would come up there. She would give the numbers as if she's getting ready to take things over, and then she would be up there to pick me up, and she would call the numbers in for the end of the day. I'm doing all the hmm. work. <laughs> wow. Wow. So hmm. one day, I, he, he brings the checks up there. He would always bring the check, so I see how much I had. Her check was open, so I just, you know, just look to see how much she had, and I let her know this how much we got. We need to pay these, these this, this, and that. And she literally right. tells me, "What are you looking at my check for?" That's my money. Oh my Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're married. You went them out for him. Yeah. How money together? I thought that's how I was about. They were told me how money together. And then she hit me with it. Oh no. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. Stay up out of my bed. Mm. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> now I know. Now I know. I'm still trying to make it work. Yeah. Even so far as when she, she literally accused me of cheating so much. Hmm. And I mean, I, man, listen, when I say I wasn't doing nothing, I was at work all the time. And she was swelping down. I, she was like, "You in? You coming back? You? I, uh, I think it was her brother because her brother he has he really did not like me. So her brother told her one day, "Yeah, I came to the house and I heard him in the bedroom with somebody." <laughs> Watch this. I'm at work. She calls my phone. Who you at the house with? I call her from the job phone. Oh you my just transferred the job phone over to your phone. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> How can I have your job phone and my phone at the same time? Wow. Think about what you're saying. So I literally was getting with this. So I literally had got to the point where my bipolar disorder had kicked back in. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going on my way to MHMR. Mental health, mental retardation down here in the state of Texas, what they call it. They gave it a new name now. They don't call it that anymore. But MHM mm-hmm. was on my, where I was on my way to. Wow. Because literally my body had started reacting certain ways. I knew it was getting tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't go through this. And then she put her hands on me. She literally, it's so crazy. So the day she put her hands, the last time she put her hands on me, she came to the job. I'm standing outside talking to a new client that just got through signing her lease to get a storage. This girl starts, gets out her, gets out of my truck, runs up on mm-hmm. the client, starts beating mm-hmm. on the client's car. Mm-hmm. 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 This girl's up there talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. no. her the paper. I say, no. 
she pushed me. We went into the office. She pushed me over the desk. I mean, she really put her hand and I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. When I get to the house, she'll put all my stuff out. Well, hold on. Let me change that. When I got to the house, because this was the same day I had my appointment with MHMR, when I got to the house, I saw my truck and I saw another vehicle outside my house. Uh uh-uh. uh. When I went in, uh-uh. what I found it made me go ahead and leave. What? I ain't even put my hands on nobody. Came and got my keys in my truck, went and got my truck, and left. Rolling. Yeah. Came back later on, all my stuff was sitting on the porch. Mm. Like, I was the one who did something wrong. You did wrong. Wow. Say what? Wow. You guys, we have five, we have four, we have five and a half minutes left. And, uh... Well, we're we going to have to bring you back. So we're going to have to bring you back because no you have enough. No you know, yes. We're we going to have to bring you back because all, all these signs and all these things, we, ha- we have to put it out there and, and let it be known. But at the end of every show, uh, Pastor Jackson, we have an altar call. I do an altar call. Would you go ahead and do the altar call? If there's anyone listening who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Pastor Jackson, would you go ahead and lead, them, lead us uh into prayer, we have four minutes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, if everyone, uh, I mean, wherever you're at, man, I don't per se require you to close your eyes, but uh, wherever you're at, what I do is ask that you just open your heart up to God and open your heart up to the love that he has for you in a relationship that he wants for you and with you. Uh Dear Father God, most gracious and heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for waking us up this morning. We want to thank mm-hmm. you for seeing us today. We want to thank you for all the information that was shared on this program tonight. And we want to thank you for the chains that are being broken in our lives. Yes, Lord. God, we want to. God, for those of us who have been victims, And we have always thought that we were the ones doing the wrong. God, we know now that we did not do wrong. We did not deserve to be treated the way we have been treated. God, we know that we can find freedom in you. And God, we accept that freedom. God, we have missed the mark many times. God, we know that you are one who will break chains. We know you're the one who will set matters straight. We know that you're the way maker. We may be in a situation right now. But I know if I trust you, I know if we trust you, if we move past all the blocks that have been put in our way, and we go ahead and open ourselves up to you, we know you to be a promise keeper. We know you to be a way maker. We know you to be a crusader. We know you to be a savior. So God, we cry out, hold down. Mm-hmm. Hold down. Mercy. We're looking for you to come and redeem us. Because you are the redeemer. We're looking for the peace that you can bring to our household because you are the one who is the peacemaker. God, we accept you 
because you have already accepted us. Thank you. Ah, you, you picked us up in your arms because there we will find strength. Today, God, we're saying we're tired and we can't do it anymore. So we have to depend on your strength. Mm-hmm. We've been sick, we've been infirm, we've been mentally challenged, we've been beat down. But God, I know that you'll give us the strength that we need. I know that you'll revive us, you'll realign us, you'll redirect mm-hmm. us, and you'll reset our life. So on this day of reset, of putting things back the way they're supposed to be in our life, we thank you. We give you glory. And we give our life to you. Because you sent your son for that purpose, to free the slave, to strengthen those who are weak, to heal those who are sick, to raise those who are dead. And because of this, we know that we can enter into this relationship with you and not have to worry about a thing. Because you won't abuse us. You won't tear us down. Hmm. But what you will do is restore us and build us back up. Amen. So on this day, we give our life to you. Jesus. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Jesus. The highest praise and hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you hear the chains and the fetters begin to drop off our bodies right now. Yes, Lord. And as we begin to see the grave clothes being unwrapped from around us. Yes, Lord. We may be free and free indeed. In Jesus' name. Just thank you. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 You guys, wow. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. Pastor Chris, do you have anything to say before we go? Hey, you guys, if you if the show cut off, you can just go to uh, com. And uh, you can listen to the whole show there, or I think uh, on our uh, Anchor and Apple podcast, you should be able to catch the whole show there. Pastor Chris, do you have anything to say, sir? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, I am pretty full, but I'm for sure Pastor Jackson needs to come on any of our platforms at this point, because... There's a lot more meat to this bone, and there's yes, a lot sir. more ministry yes, behind the man. So, yes, sir. as we always say, once you come to TPV Radio, you're family. So, yeah. that's how we roll. We don't mm-hmm. need a $1,000 feed offering <laughs> and none of that nonsense to yeah. accept you into the family. Amen. Come as you are. And walk in your own purpose. Because no one preaches like Pastor Chris. Just (laughs) say. So anyway, that's a whole nother show. 
Oh, oh hold on. Hold on. It was well, a pleasure, well, sir. Honor, honor to meet you. We will definitely talk, talk off air. Yes, Amen. Sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for being here with us. This, I hope you guys have been enlightened. I hope when we talk to you and we tell you about men who are victims of abuse, I hope you, you hear how it happens. Not very different from how it happens to women. And not only people who are not safe or unsafe are being abused. Not only people who are uneducated or not only people who live in the ghetto or, or in the trailer park are being are being abused. Domestic violence has no colors, it has no preference, it does not care. Domestic violence is like death. It comes and whoever it can find, that's where it lives, that's where it stays, that's where it's abode. And that's why we have to keep speaking up and speaking out against domestic violence. So hopefully uh, we next Tuesday will be the first Tuesday of November. I hope to see you guys right here. If we can get somebody else to come and, and shed more light on domestic violence, like I say, because domestic violence is not just in October, not just in October. And somebody probably couldn't hear this message tonight, so they'll be, they'll be available next Tuesday. So if God prepares someone and God sends someone our way, we will continue with the conversation of domestic violence. So I just want to thank you. Don't forget, please go to lubrantbooks.com that is l-e-b-r-i-n b-o-o-k-s dot com go there I am giving away a free book entitled what do you know about domestic violence those red flags Pastor Jackson was talking about those red flags you've heard me talk about the different types of abuse the manipulation the intimidation the control the fear you know I go ahead and I give you all these examples and even let you know where they came into play in my life it's absolutely free while you're there I said to you please browse and peruse and purchase any of your books from there any book you purchase from there I personally autograph it and send it to you so Pastor Chris again thank you for having uh, having me on this platform Pastor Jackson your, your wife I want to thank you guys so much for being so candid and being so open and being so transparent with the people because that's what we need. We don't need no more malarkey coming across the pulpit. We don't need no lie. We don't need no superwoman and no superman. We need people who can say, I was broken, I was destroyed, I was distorted, and only God was able to put me back together. And that's the thing about this platform. When you've been down so low, the only person that will come to you in that lowest place of your life is God. And sometimes you cannot trust anybody because it's the very people that you trust will take advantage of you, will destroy your life. But I say to you, if you've been, if you've been abused mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, please don't think because a man did that to you. That means God is going to do the same thing. Remember, our God is not like man. Although man was created in his image, he is not like us. He made us like him. So God loves you. God wants the best for you. And if you are in a toxic relationship, if you are in a place where you're being abused, misused, mistreated, 
Women, if you're getting called a B-word and you dumb and you fat and you stupid, brother, did they tell you you're dumb, you can't do anything right, you have a small penis, you're not good in bed, all these things that they tell you to tear you down, I want you to know it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. The only thing that they don't know is how good that you are for them. And sometimes maybe they even know that you are too good for them and they're trying to break you down because they've lost control of their lives and they want to control you to bring you to a place where they are not alone in their nothing state of life. So I pray tonight that you heard a word. I pray tonight that, that, that you are encouraged. I pray tonight that you begin to speak to the Lord and ask the Lord to begin to heal you. And I want to thank you again for being here. We're going to be here next Tuesday, God's will. If the rapture does not take place, we'll be here next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you for all your love and support. While you are there at TPV Radio Network, please look for the lady in the yellow suit, Victory Over the Weights of Life. Give me a thumbs up. Hit the follow button so whenever we go live, you get a notification. So I want to thank everybody for being with me. I appreciate those of you who shared. So come on, family. Let's do it. Let's walk with me, family. Let's go. We'll be here again next Tuesday. Good night, Pastor Chris. Thank you, Pastor Jackson. Good night. Thank you, Janice Jackson. Good night. Thank you, all who's listening. I thank you. God bless you. I love you. Have a good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.